Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. Welcome to 2019, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, we're in a, a new odd location. Yep. Sitting I'm... about six inches further back towards the wall than we usually are. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Very odd. And that's only it if does... you're watching the video version. Right. It does feel funky. If you're only listening, you don't Nothing's care what different. I'm saying. Yeah, totally. So uh, let's get to it. Right. Well, uh, we're back again to talk about monsters. Yes. <laughs> Keeping the game alive. Absolutely. And boy, do I have a news segment to share with all of you. Please do. So in my travels, both in real life and on the vast wide internet, uh-huh. I've come across what you might call relics. Right. And so on this segment, I want to pull an item out of my collection. Okay. Share it with you. And our home listening viewing audience okay. uh, to explain one of these goofball things that I have collected. Cool, cool. Uh, yes. Now, uh, this first thing that I'm going to share with you, yeah. Kristen, I showed you this uh, before I even placed the order, but it has arrived. Mm-hmm. So now I just want to show it off yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, everybody out there, if you're familiar with anything that we've ever done, you know that Kristen and I are both gigantic fans of the Scream franchise. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that not many people may know is that on top of just flat out loving it, uh, my uh, recent career as a writer is based on uh, my obsession with uh, Scream. Yeah. I wrote a miniature script of Scream that got the attention of uh, Hunter Killer and hired me to do uh, uh, writing for their podcasting division. Mm-hmm. And so my love has deepened. Yep. And I've become a little bit of a fanatic collector. Uh, in the video version, you can see that we've got this ghost face mask that's uh, been hanging in the background, I think, of every show that we've ever done, yes. essentially. I think so. Uh, and I've been expanding. So um, right here, this is what I want to show off cool. in this episode. I have got uh, oh, no. sealed. Oh, that's okay. I've got sealed uh, mint condition VHS copies of all of the movies. So Scream 1, 2, and 3, you know what? Those came out in the 90s. Yeah, it makes sense that they would be on VHS. It's it's kind of a no-brainer. Why even bother showing these ones off? Right. Now, this puppy, this is something. That, this is something special. This recently came to my attention, uh, and I had what you might call the mildest of debates of whether or not I should just go ahead right. and add this puppy to my cart. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Kristen encouraged me, and I went ahead and did <laughs> of it. Of course. Kristen, why don't you tell people what you're looking at here? All right. So this is a VHS copy of Scream 4, which came out in, what, 2000? I always get it wrong. 2015? 2011. Two th- I know. It's so weird to it's me. almost 10 years old. Oh, my God. How was that? Anyway. I know. So it came out in 2011, which was well after the life and death of the VHS tape. Oh, yeah. So this isn't an original. This no. This didn't come from Miramax or whatever company produced the leader ones or whatever. Um, And it has a picture on the front of kind of like a generic screaming girl that's been on some of the screen promotional materials. Well, I think it's Drew Barrymore, right? I don't think it is. People say that it, it, I think it's supposed to be, but that looks nothing like Drew Barrymore. It it doesn't, but I have to assume there's some connection in the movie. I think that it's a model who they either want to pass for Drew Barrymore because she has blonde bangs or it's just like generic screaming person. Right. But almost more shocking than anything else is the fact that uh, this is not the Scream 4 logo. No, it just says 4 really huge and Scream underneath. And the back where you would normally find a summary written by, again, somebody from the studio. Yeah, so for example, on the back of the Scream 1 VHS, Mm -hmm. you've got, you know, a clever thriller, says the Washington Post. Sensational. Terrific, uh, says Los Angeles Times. 
Um, and some pictures of the cast and yeah. stuff. A crowd-pleasing smash hit with a sizzling cast. Critics are calling Scream, blah, 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 blah. Kristen, go ahead and read the back of the Scream 4 VHS. All right. Well, first of all, it has a promotional picture from Scream 2, all stretched <laughs> out in the back. Then it has another promotional picture from Scream 2 that it looks like somebody took, like, a blurring tool to on some sort of, like, photo-altering oh software. Oh, gosh. Is that what they did? Yeah. Look. Oh, That's I, her with her red lipstick from Scream 2. Oh, my God. You're right. I thought that was like candles or something. No. I did not know what that was. It's like all fuzzed out at the bottom there. Yeah. All right. Anyway. I spied with my little eye Nev Campbell of that era. Well done. Um, so it says, the classic of horror is back. Be prepared to scream your lungs out. This amazing movie will take you to the realm of the unknown. In every corner, a new surprise awaits. Chugga Killer is everywhere, and it wants blood. Dare to watch this movie. You'll regret it. <laughs> You'll regret it. So that's the T-G-E. And dare to watch this movie, Y-O-U, apostrophe L-L, regretted yeah. when i imagine they mean you won't regret it or you'll regret it <laughs> oh dare oh dare to watch this movie you'll regret yeah, it yeah if well, you dare to watch this movie you're going to regret it this is really quite something and i'm really glad that you got it and i'm very curious even though you're a big dumb baby and you won't take it out of its it's barely plastic wrapping oh, by it's the not, way it's not it's even, like yeah it's clear that somebody just had some cellophane yes. and like a hair dryer completely it's like it it's got big gaps in it and like stuff. all screwed up it's not fully wrapped no uh i want to know whether this is and i don't think so by means of some universe a genuine vhs of it or if here are the options that which is not even an option that it is a weird digital copy that was pirated in some way or whether it's bootlegged in the theater or something, or mm. I want to know if a camera was pointing at a screen that was playing Scream 4. See, here's kind of what I think. Mm -hmm. On the front, we've got the Scream 1 art. On the back, we've got the Scream 2 art. This says that it's Scream 4. Right. I'm thinking the VHS inside is just Scream 3. William, that's a very, that's a good, that's a good thought. Right, I don't think that it has. I, You're I think right, it's just, why hasn't it factored Scream 3 into any of this? I think it's just... A, like like bought it like a Goodwill, yeah. not tampered with, a VHS of Scream 3 in here. William, if I may, to ring in this new segment... Don't you dare open that. I was going to suggest it. I wouldn't... That would be mean of me if I just tore into it, but I was going to suggest let's open it and see if there's any sticker on the VHS inside. What if there's a label? William, what if there's a Scream 3 label that's from the studio on there? Don't you dare open this. I'm not, but I think that you should. I'm not opening it. For our listeners and viewers. No, look. William, don't you love them? Look at how, look how crazy it is that I can finish I a collection look. Of, four, of four movies on VHS in mint condition. How crazy is that that I can have a 2011 movie <laughs> also in mint condition I, in my VHS collection? What's wrong with you? We could get another one. I'm not sure that we can. I bet from the same seller you could. All right. Well, we'll do some research. If that's possible. If that's possible. All right. I will get the other yeah, one. Yeah, I will take it under advisement. I will get the other one, and we can open it and see what's inside. All right. I really want to see what's inside. It's practically open. It's busting at the seams asking for us to open it. It is. It wants to Wouldn't be Wouldn't that watched. be a nice way to kick off this new segment and a nice way to kick off the new year? Yeah, but you're, you're, you're I see what you're doing. Uh-huh. My love well, of the it's... show is trumped <laughs> by my love of neat and orderly. Neat and orderly? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I 
beg to differ. <laughs> My love of, 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 of absurdly curated okay. collections. How, yeah. How's that? that works better. That better? Yeah. All right. Uh, I also did like that they say on the back that's going to take you to the realm of the unknown because that's what I know, we do. I know. Right? It's a little perfect. I know. Yeah. Uh, All right, so, so there that's you go. a cliffhanger. Uh, the the first edition of the the curio cabinet of mm-hmm. of <laughs> the twisted mind of Willie K. Rogers, Doctor Rogers. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that, Doctor Rogers? Yeah, I don't like it. The curio cabinet of Doctor Rogers. When you put it all together, like I that, need a new t- different title than Doctor. What's a cool? Odd title for a. I'll think about it. I know that there are good ones. For a freak, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to think about it. Preferably. I don't know. Doctor, when you say it like that, the curio cabinet of Dr. Rogers, it reminds me of the island of Dr. Moreau. Right. I kind of like it. It's also the cabinet like of that. Dr. Caligari, which is one oh, of the right. earliest horror films of all time. Right. So actually, I think we keep it. I think the curio cabinet of Dr. Rogers is good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't like the idea of you having a doctorate, but <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess that I'll concede for this. <laughs> My doctorate is in garbage. <laughs> yeah. Found garbage. <laughs> totally. Um, all right. Well, there you have it. All right. Segment complete, though. Beautiful. Now we can do our traditional topics. Yes. It's been a while since we've uh, done. I know. It feels like it's been a really long time. Yeah. A standard it's edition been two of the weeks. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, why don't you go? I will because I already first. have it open. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, Will, what do you know or think you know, like a wrong little dummy, about skinwalkers? <laughs> Skinwalkers. I think they're vamp or not vampires. I think they're just werewolves. Okay. Very popular thought. Okay. That that's really I think all I've got. Yeah. Maybe maybe they're a Native American legend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I've heard people talk about them as if they are no different from right. literally synonymous with mm-hmm. werewolves. Right. Okay. All right. I knew like nothing about them really. And Ryan and my friend Dave lives in Buffalo was home for the holidays. So we hung out with him and then we ended up meeting his girlfriend, Bora who ruled and we were talking about like creepy stuff. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, or they were saying that, um, one night they were like, hang out like lying down and go to bed and dave put on a creepy podcast about skinwalkers and i was i really knew nothing about it and bora said that she had lived in utah for a while and she was aware of the concept of skinwalkers as like she kind of she was like freaked out by them a little bit she was like yeah people would talk about them and it was like a native american or navajo thing and she basically knew that they were like evil spirits or something that could take the form of people or familiars she said but she knew that you weren't weren't really supposed to say their name like it was a thing that she had heard talked about but like like skirted around a little bit so i was super duper intrigued absolutely and then while we were sitting at the table she googled it and pulled up wikipedia and the wikipedia entry about skinwalkers at least the very first part of it was like so brief it almost seems suspicious like it just didn't elaborate a lot so what it said was um and what boris said was in Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. The term is not used for healers. Wow. And that was kind of it. Yeah. So we were like, oh, the term is not used for heal. Like, what does that mean? Kind of, exactly. Like, why does he even say that? What does that imply? It just seems so brief and weird and kind of like ominous or not specific. And I'm going to go into it. Part of what makes this idea of skinwalkers interesting is not just what they are, but kind of like the whole, um, I don't know, like they're, 
the definition is, is intentionally mysterious in a way that I think is really, really interesting. Cool. So there's a second Wikipedia entry. Um, and the first one, I should say, that's just kind of the opening statement. And then it does go into a little bit more detail, but not super a lot. Um, and I'm going to get back to that. But there's a second entry, which I thought was interesting, that says skinwalker, then parentheses, disambiguation. And I was like, right. so, so what? Oh, is that a common Wikipedia that's a, thing? That's a common Wikipedia thing. Oh, so it's like, oh, the... Removed from this particular context, uh-huh. here's anything that might be a skinwalker. So that, oh, I've that never would come across that. open you up that. to see like songs that are called skinwalkers. And that was exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never come across that before as like a Wikipedia-like subdivision or whatever. Right. I thought it was because skinwalkers are inherently kind of mysterious that somebody made a separate post that was like, here, we're going to open it up a little bit more. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. gotcha. Yeah, okay. no, it's like if you it's like if you looked up the peanuts mm-hmm. and they start telling you about Charlie Brown, it would say at the top, but see also peanuts disambiguation. Really? It would be like peanuts, circus peanuts. Oh, like, I'm a little yeah. disappointed because I was like, oh, I guess because the Wikipedia entry about skinwalkers is ambiguous, right. this is the disambiguation of it. Yeah, oh, damn. I, I'm sorry to burst your bubble on that's that. That's all right. Well, all right. Well, that's what it was. It was just, it said skinwalkers disambiguation and that was just listing off like movies, books, and TV episodes that might have something about skinwalkers in them. Right. Um, which is, there was like a book written about them in the 80s that seemed to be kind of like a crime procedural maybe on a Navajo reservation hmm. that then was turned into a PBS mystery. Um, and there are eps, eps, I'm talking in like my abbreviation that I use for notes. There are episodes of Supernatural and Smallville about skinwalkers that were definitely heavily on like the werewolf kind oh, of okay. side. Yeah. Um, and there is a series of movies about skinwalkers that are totally werewolfy. So I can see why you would think that, is which called, is not totally wrong. Is it called Ginger Snaps? No, but I know what you're talking about. No, there there are movies called like Skinwalkers, oh, okay. Skinwalkers right. Two, whatever. But no, I know what you're talking about. Ginger Snaps is like girls who turn into werewolves or something, right? Yeah, I, I feel like like goths when I was a teenager liked Ginger Snaps. Maybe they I were, just they like were regular like... old Ginger Snaps. <laughs> yeah. In wholesome contrast to my goth sisters, I just like the the treat. <laughs> Can I have some Ginger Snaps, please? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> All right, well, that disambiguation thing went right to hell. Um, so I'm gonna, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I was just like, wow, okay, there, there's a real aura yeah, around Yeah, I've got to sift through the mystery. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Well, there still is. I think, it's, I think it's pretty interesting. So from that first Wikipedia entry, you, you go a little bit further down um, beyond that brief thing. It says that in Navajo language, there are words for um, skinwalker. So there is like a Navajo word or set of words that translates to by means of it, it goes on all fours, Oh, which is what skinwalkers are. Right. But I'm not going to say it. Number one, I'm sure I'd pronounce it stupid, but from this Wikipedia entry, there's just a lot of interesting thoughts about kind of like keeping some parts of, um, you know, certain cultures sacred and secret. Uh-huh. And so there's intentionally not a ton of information or at least not a ton of like, authentic from the source information because well I'll just I'll just tell you so um the wikipedia entry explains that skinwalkers are actually part of one of or they're actually one of several varieties of navajo witches like there are a couple different kinds and it's not a legend that's well understood by people who are outside of navajo culture intentionally because um some navajo people have a reluctance to talk about it with outsiders because it's just going to be misunderstood mm-hmm. or they're going to be peppered with questions and kind of like judged about it I like that. I, I think it was the, just interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I feel like there's something else we talked about 
maybe last year or something that that had a similar sort of air of mystery around it intentionally. Not necessarily mystery, yeah. not to cultivate the mystery, but just no, like, no, no. It's not like they're trying to like you know create a thing, but just like yeah, they just you know some people keep things like that close because they are close to them. It seems like weird and spooky to us, mm-hmm. and obviously there is like a scary like bent to it, but like. It's more than that to them. Yeah. And so they don't really want to trivialize it by being like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right. In my culture, there's skinwalkers. I know. It's so right. weird. Yeah. Trivialize you know, like, it is the right word. Yeah. That's interesting. Because especially like now, like in this day and age, I feel like I feel like now we're over the hurdle of being like, well, hey, everything's online, man. Yeah. Right. Uh, they're just going to put it online. To now it's just like now we're so comfortable with the idea that we just have mm-hmm. vast stores of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That the idea that there could be gaps in it. Yeah. Is odd. Right. It's um, rare and odd, it seems like. And I didn't dig super far for it because I was reading this and it just, I don't know, it just struck me. I was like, well, that makes sense. Like, you know, let some people have things that are close to them. And if it's easy to be misinterpreted and misunderstood by others in a way that like kind of craps on it. Right. Like, that should be kind of honored and I'll just kind of yeah. leave it alone. I, I, I like that. I, I like too. that a lot. I do mm-hmm. too. You know who didn't want to leave it alone, William? Oh. Our sometime friend, J.K. Rowling. Oh, no. <laughs> so on the Wikipedia entry for um, for Skinwalkers, there's a quote. So also something that I just thought was interesting and just kind of struck me is that the whole Wikipedia entry, like the way that like Bora read it and we're like, huh, that's like not a lot of information. The whole entry is very like, I don't know, thoughtful or sensitive to that. It might have been made by somebody who this is part of their culture. Maybe it's somebody who's um, Navajo. But it's like very, I don't know, it's just very thoughtful in that way. Like when it's talking about what a skinwalker is, it gives a little bit of information. But then it's also like, we're not talking about it for this reason and Uh whatever. So in the Wikipedia entry, there's a quote from a website called Native Appropriations um, that's run by Dr. Adrian Keene. And it's about J.K. Rowling's use of her own adaptation of Skinwalker lore in that weird magic in North America series that was on Pottermore.com to like promote it. Remember that? Yeah. Where it was like explaining the like different magic in different parts of the world. I don't, was it just in North America or did she end up doing like a worldwide thing? You know, I I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that this was part of uh, that time where fantastic beasts and where to find them. The first yeah, the movie. Book. I don't think that the movie was out. I think this was, I like think it was the gear up ago. to oh, okay. the gear up to, because I think that she was starting to uh, peel back information about different parts of the world. Cause yeah. For so long, we'd known about the world of like London and Hogwarts and the Wizarding World uh, there, and then she started being like, "Well, no, because in America, mm-hmm. uh, they call Muggles no matches, right?" And everyone had their minds rocked. Yeah, how can there be regional differences right. in dialect? And um, then she just kept going, and she'd be like, "And then, and also get this in Paris, it's called the the Nom de Plumarts." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Who cares anymore? It's getting so insanely detailed. I know. I haven't looked in a while, but There's I guess too she's... too much detail now. Yes. I guess she's still tweeting out, like, new information about the Wizarding World, mm-hmm. I read. I didn't read what, but I, I know she's still at it. Yeah. Well, so, um, in that uh, Magic in North America series on Pottermore, um, she said that Skinwalkers were um animagi or animagi how do you pronounce that i can't yeah. remember animagi what yeah the anima animagi animagus yeah, yeah animagus you say animagi i but guess so. the animagi that is a word that's in the book yeah i don't know this yeah. is this is almost embarrassing what you and i used to be so oh, harry yeah. pottered out 
And I still love Harry Potter. I just knew everything. You know, not blindly. I know. Yeah. Oh, it's embarrassing. We don't know how to pronounce Anna Maggie. Yeah, we don't yeah, know how to pronounce Anna Maggie. We're not sure when certain things yeah. happened. Like, we would have been all over this if we were younger. Well, I don't like, I, I think that you and I are probably still all over things that happened in, like, books like, you know, just the books and just the movies. I've never liked the after stuff. Like, I'm not nuts about Fantastic Beasts. Right. I've never been into that other stuff. So I feel my cred is intact personally. Yeah, I guess. it is. That, I think you should feel the same. It is that sort of thing of just like absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like it happened yeah. to George Lucas. Yeah. It's happening to JK. It's just like they're, they are, they've become. I know. Gods. Of these worlds. There must be enough people giving her positive feedback about the things that she lets out about the wizarding worlds that keep her doing it. You know what I mean? But like, I don't like it at all. I also just, my brain can't assimilate those things as being canon. Uh, like, yeah. I, I just, it doesn't feel right to me. Like, no, it's not I playful. know that she said that, like, Dumbledore is gay, but, like, I just, it's just, well, it's neither here nor there. I'm not like, no, Dumbledore isn't gay, but just, like, doesn't really factor into the books. For Make me. it a fact. Yeah. Like, like, a- either build that into the person that he is. Yeah. It's just not, I don't know. It just feels ancillary. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So, anything else that she said or tweeted, it just, like, it just does, it just pings off. It's, me. Um, well, because it's done in a way where it's almost inconsequential. She may have just been like, yeah. he doesn't like raspberry. Right. right. Like, well, I don't care. It, okay. didn't, it didn't factor. So yeah. Who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter what he does. Exactly. Just off the page. I don't, I don't care what he does. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's very weird. So, this is um, what the woman, Dr. Adrian Keene, said about it on her actual site. Um, and I just thought I'd include that because it gives like a little bit more context and then I'll tell you what it actually says on the Wikipedia page. Okay. So from her site, she said, um, what you do need. Oh, so she had said like, I, I was grappling and thinking like, oh, by kind of like talking about the fact that her doing that isn't cool. Should I sort of, um, elaborate on what skinwalker lore actually is in Navajo culture? And then she says this and, or excuse me. And then she said like, no, I decided that I don't need to do that. I don't want to. So I'm just not. Um, so she said, what you do need to know is the belief of these things, beings, has a deep and powerful place in Navajo understandings of the world, is connected to many other concepts and many other ceremonial understandings and life ways, is not just a scary story or something to tell kids to get them to behave. It's much deeper than that. And then what she said on the Wikipedia page was, what happens when, Ra- excuse me, what happens when Rowling pulls this in is we as a native people are now open to opened up to a barrage of questions about these beliefs and traditions. But these are not things that need uh, need or should be discussed by outsiders at all. I'm sorry if that seems unfair, but that's how our cultures survive. Right. Which makes a lot of sense. Like, I hadn't really thought that much about that aspect of storytelling. Like, I think depending on what the thing is, some stories could get told over and over and it's either fine or it's kind of like spreading that belief or just knowledge that that belief is a thing outward i'm sure that there are plenty of things where like if you spread that story around it's just going to get more and more diluted and diffused and confused and kind of like take away from the real feeling and seriousness of the story so i guess that a lot of navajo people feel that that's the case for skinwalker legends which i think is also interesting because that's almost just the nature of storytelling yeah like we've talked about it case by case you know Oh, i think so too and i think it's also about uh who are the gatekeepers of this knowledge Mm -hmm. and by and large there are no gatekeepers anymore yeah you know like eventually even novels fall into a copyright free area Mm -hmm. where it's just like all right well then interpret to your heart's content Mm -hmm. uh make will ferrell and john c Riley be home 
Mahomes and Watson now because who cares? <laughs> right. Do whatever you want with these things. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, if Sir Arthur Conan Doyle were alive today, he'd probably mm-hmm. be like, hey, well, hey. Selfie sticks were not part of my original works. Yeah. yeah. Guys, come on. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I took this seriously. You know, like, and so there are gatekeepers for this story mm-hmm. and they want to keep it together right. and, and you have to respect that totally and know? it sounds like obviously not everybody but it sounds like a lot of navajo people are kind of in agreement about that yeah. so they're keeping it which is cool yeah so here is what the story was that was just on that wikipedia page because just based on the tone of the page like i said it had that on it i just felt like this was written by somebody who was fine letting this piece of information out yeah so i decided to only source from that wikipedia page because it felt like sanctioned and okay it would be funny and ironic if you were just like so now let's lift the veil on this puppy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Having said, you know, all the ways that people should respect this. <laughs> right. That ain't me. Away. This is guide to the unknown. We so we're going to know about this. Go. <laughs> oh, my God. William, I'm so obsessed with Batman right now. Really? Yes. I mean, I would, I would know that anytime, but you're really speaking my language. <laughs> wow. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway. Um, so here is what the story is that, you know, seemed cool to put up. So... Navajo witches like skinwalkers. Again, it referenced that there are different kinds of Navajo witches, but didn't say what they were. So I just kind of left it. I thought this was cool and interesting. It said that they're basically the opposite of healers, um, who are often called like medicine men or medicine women in Navajo culture. And then in different Native American cultures can have different names, but Navajo culture, medicine men and women. Um, so medicine men and women use magical practices for good, whereas witches, twist and manipulate those practices for bad Hmm. so it could either be it seems like um people who've decided to just kind of like take on those practices and use them for things that aren't on the up and up or some healers who are going through their practice of kind of learning things and learning old traditions and things like that and couldn't handle it and became corrupt and become witches and kind of go to the dark side that's interesting very interesting. So skinwalkers can assume the bodies of others. So most notably animals, and that's kind of where like the werewolf stuff comes from. Um, cause I did mention, especially coyotes are kind of hooked in with like skinwalker legends, um, or other animals that are associated with bad omens or death. Um, but they can also assume the bodies of humans by locking eyes with them. Oh, that's not good. No, very troublesome. Oh, I suddenly feel better about. Feeling very uncomfortable with eye contact all these years. Yeah, you're going to want to look away. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting too that, and it make it it almost sheds a little light on why some Navajo people would want to be the gatekeepers of this information. So the stories that are out there, there it seems like there are differences in the kinds of stories about skinwalkers that are told in Navajo culture, and the kinds of stories about skinwalkers that are told by more like Eurocentric cultures or whatever. So in Navajo culture, um, when the stories are passed around, kind of ca- it's said among children, so I would think kind of casually like ghost story style, not like their actual kind of like sacred stories about it. Right. They're kind of like epic life and death stories, and it seems like they're almost like maybe I'm reading into this, but almost kind of like. Not morality tales. What am I trying to say? I don't know. Stories of, like significance in some way. Well, it sounds like an epic or something, like telling yeah. the story of King Arthur. Yes, that's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't mean epic in the like. No, I know. Telling some real epic Fortnite stories or something. <laughs> I actually wrote epic here. Yeah. Um, so either so in those stories, either the Skinwalker or the Navajo, like you know, protagonist, one kills the other. Or it ends in a stalemate somehow, basically, in these stories. Hmm. Um, they can also be victory stories where a skinwalker is approaching a hogan, it said, which is a home 
um, in Navajo culture and get scared off somehow. So it's kind of like, yeah, like they, they like couldn't even get us. Huh. Now, non-native stories, like more Eurocentric, are often a little bit more surfacy and just kind of like for a scare sort of thing. So it's a lot of encountering skinwalkers on the road. Like, you know, at night, like I almost pictured like a white lady kind of thing where it's just like I was driving and then I saw a skinwalker right, or whatever right. and the person gets away somehow. And then the Wikipedia said that sometimes Navajo children take those Euro derived folk stories and substitute, excuse me, substitute skinwalkers for generic killers like in the story The Hook. Like the idea of like, you know, like you're on a date and you hear something and then when you drive home, you realize there's a hook hanging from your car or whatever. They kind of like adapt those stories, but insert skinwalkers into them. That's interesting. I know. Isn't yeah. that sweet? Uh, yeah. That's great. It's just well, really interesting to hear about like how stories develop in different cultures, how they sort of affect each other, mm-hmm. the differences in the kind of stories. I mean, that's across all kinds of different subjects and changes that way. But just like it's just interesting to hear how different cultures interpreted specifically the skinwalker story and maybe the way that like european-ish people interpret the skinwalker story is like not really cool and like either a little flippant or maybe a little disrespectful i mean that's part of why some navajo people don't really want the actual skinwalker stuff getting out because like well right. let's trivialize it and like make yeah. it like a scary thing on the road yeah i think i think that makes sense to me but i i do think there's also a little bit of um uh you're not gonna stop people from uh, making copies of yeah. copies of copies of copies of stories. Yeah, it's gonna get out and it's it's gonna happen totally. But like, if if you want to keep it safe, do mm-hmm. everything that you can. But at some point, yeah, it's just the nature of. I'm sure just it's just some people who are like, well, I'll do my small part. At least th- right. not on this website. They're not gonna yeah. see it. I don't know? even think that that's a, a a racial thing or anything. I think that's a human trait. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just with verbal storytelling, is that everybody's going to take it and manipulate it and mm-hmm. change it. Um, totally. So, yeah. But uh, I especially, but and then it happens both ways. The story of the hook, mm-hmm. the yeah. urban legend becoming a, a Navajo exactly. skinwalker story. Yeah, is and they the just kind same of process. put their own flavor into right. it. So similarly, like maybe where some like more European people's flavor is like road stories, where there's something that pops out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They injected that flavor into the skinwalker thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it goes both ways. 100%. And it's true. Like the other, if you Google skinwalkers, it's a lot of like 15 terrifying encounters with skinwalkers, right. like with a picture of, of a road and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, dead on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, but that also speaks to like the universality of urban legends. Yes. And of things that are scary. That kind of story of like everything was going well. Mm-hmm. You heard something weird and went away and then found out. You barely escaped by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody likes to have that kind of story, but they just put their own kind of like cultural stuff on it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I don't think there's any culture probably that doesn't have scary stories. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, like I think that they're probably kind of like a unifying thing. Maybe not everybody likes them, but like I I would think that most, if not all cultures have something. That's also where like – and this is is a little tangential, but – um, I've been thinking a lot lately, and I've even seen a few articles online about this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that people don't like horror, uh huh, um, is and, and how ridiculous that is. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are, there are certainly how different. You? There are certainly different types of horror. Right. Like not everybody's going to want to watch a Jason Voorhees, yeah, splatterfest kind of movie or whatever. But uh, like I'm currently on a Hannibal Lecter kick. Mm-hmm. And Allie and I just recently watched Red Dragon. We're about to watch Silence of the Lambs. Do you see? Real soon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I will see. <laughs> and like in that movie, he cuts off a guy's face and wears it on his face. And yeah. it won like best picture. I know. So there's a 
There's a hypocrisy. Oh, totally. Well, I don't think how is it a hypocrisy? It's just like some people like it and some people don't. And the people who liked it happen to vote it into best picture. Because I think when horror hits the mainstream, people start calling it other things like thriller. I oh, think start yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they want to like... Yeah, that's yeah. oh, that's not a real horror well, I think movie. It's a people, drama. It's like, well, people think horror is schlocky. I think they just like automatically associate with that. But like, I think that we have seen a lot of prestige horror recently. And I think that people have been acknowledging it as such. Yeah, even prestige horror is an unfortunate name because it really I know. implies... I know that this is the nice horror. This is yeah. like the fancy horror, yes. not just the crappy horror. Right. Right. This is the horror that you Although, can talk about at a fancy dinner party. Right. Although it's kind of true. Mm. You know, like I, I, I get it. Mm. I'm the guy who just bought Scream Four on VHS. So look, I'm totally with you, but I have to say, I think there probably is a difference between Friday the Thirteenth and Hereditary, which I haven't seen yet. But like Hereditary yeah. is like a prestige horror thing. I get it. They're they're different. Yeah, yeah. I have know? Hereditary upstairs right now. Oh, really? It's on Amazon Prime now for free. Oh, so well, I have it on it. 4K. Oh, does my TV have the capability for that? No, nor does mine. Very good. But I plan to watch it. <laughs> cool. Very good. Yeah, very good indeed. Yeah. Damn, so that was Skinwalkers. Yeah, that was Skinwalkers. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, familiar with the term. Had no real familiarity no with the story. I had no idea. I really didn't know. I think that I thought it had something to do with, like, honestly, like, skin without stuff in it. Skin without stuff in it. I, I really think that's what I thought. <laughs> Skin without stuff in it. <laughs> but still animated, still doing its thing. Fair enough. Well, that's scary, too. I know. I like I, that's really that. kind of what I thought it was. It also made me think of The Thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That also ends that. in a stalemate. Yes. Huh. So I wonder if you could say that that's like somewhat of a Skinwalker-inspired story. That makes sense. I wonder. It's a shapeshifter. Right. It makes it makes sense. And it doesn't right. end in a stalemate. Right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's my turn now, yes. Kristen. Right. Uh, and obviously, uh, we've just uh, come off a spate of holidays. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, uh, when I talked to you about the Adams family. Yeah. And then we moved on to Christmas, another time for family. Yes. New Year's Eve. You always try to get in touch with your loved ones as the ball drops. Sure. And so I want to tell you about another loving family of ghouls. Okay. Because, Kristen, tonight, I'm going to tell you way too much. <laughs> About the Munsters. Oh, excellent. The Munsters. You know what? I don't know a lot about the Munsters. Let's meet the Munsters. Yeah, let's. Yeah, what do you think you it's know? It's a really funny name. What do you think you know about the, <laughs> the Munsters? I mean, I don't know. Wait, they had a TV show. There's Grandpa Munster. He had a hairline like our grandpa. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Eddie Munster. Uh-huh. I think he got in some trouble later in life in real life. Oh, no. I think so. Butch Patrick? Is that his name? Yes. <laughs> Why do you know that? I don't know. Let's go. It's 2019. Are you that surprised? I'm, I'm not that surprised, but it's just funny. <laughs> Eddie Munster in particular. So, listen, you and I pulled some obscure stuff out of our back pockets. <laughs> the real name of Eddie Munster is a real deep cut. That's wild. I know celebrity stuff. That gave me like a head rush. <laughs> Exhilarating. It was. It was a thrill ride. Yeah. Um, Daddy Munster is in Pet Cemetery and he's great. Yeah. Um. I. You know, I really don't know that much about it. I've. I've watched the show, but like not a lot or anything. All right. There's one girl who's normal. It's like yes. a hot blonde. Yep. Yeah. One hundred percent. You are absolutely right about all of that. Yeah. Um, Especially Butch Patrick. I think I was taking for granted the fact that this show is called The Munsters, mm-hmm. and now that I'm saying it to you in front of a camera with a microphone in my hand, I the that Munsters. Experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's just monster. Right. It's just monster. Why wouldn't you just call it the monsters? Because you're putting a spin on it. Monster. Yeah. Well, okay. Whatever. That's weird. Good so, cheese. Wonderful cheese. I like that cheese too much. It is floppy, soft, buttery. It's good as Mom a nacho gets it a lot. cheese. Uh huh. And I don't think many people know that. What? That seems like that's like Rogers Family Cannon. Yeah, I'm saying. Do other people not know that? I figured that everybody did. Not everybody on the planet is a Rogers. No, but yeah, I don't know why <laughs> I said that. Should I not have let that secret out? No, 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 no. I don't know why I said that. But um, I guess what I'm saying is it's so inherent to me. Like, duh, Munster yeah. is a good nacho cheese. Is that not normal? I don't know. I, I thought it was not. I think it is. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so this is a family of monsters. It's sort of a nuclear family, very similar to the Adams family. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, as I mentioned on the Adams family episode, they went toe to toe. Yeah. They were on television at the exact wow. same time, which is almost suspicious. Yeah. Which which led? What do you mean? Like in the ratings? No. Well, which came first? The Monsters or the – well, the TV shows, I should say. Yeah. No, shows. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. whether episode air first, but they were on for the same seasons. Wow. Um, which is strange. That is really weird. And the Adams Family is the one that has endured. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I would say. That's the one that everybody knows today. Right. The Monsters was the lead. Interesting. Has there been like a Monsters movie or any, any things like that? Like, have there been contemporary Monsters properties? Have there been any? There have been way too many. What are they? Oh, here we go. Not to skip ahead. <laughs> no, you know, no, go, no. go in your own good order. It doesn't matter. There is no order. This thing okay. is a mess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a section of my notes called the canon. <laughs> First, you have the Monsters. Yeah. 70 episodes over the course of two years. Oh my God. That's 35 episodes a year. That's insane. That's barely any time off the air for two years. Oh my God. Grandpa must have been exhausted. It's too much monsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, uh, was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Series. Oh, wow. And then right on the heels of that, Wikipedia starts telling me that they won a TV Land Award okay. for Most Uninsurable Driver, Herman Munster. And then I realized what that means. Was that just created for Herman Munster? Yes. Right. And if it was a TV land order, it must have happened sometime in the last decade. Yeah. That's just a joke. Why are they putting joke awards (laughs) in the Wikipedia? It was probably for part of a commercial or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, it was uh, canceled in 1966. It was a black and white show Uh about all these monsters. Uh, Canceled due to the boom in popularity for the hit new show, Batman. With oh, Adam West, okay. which was in color, yeah, and essentially knocked everybody's socks off. Yeah, and who totally needed sweet. the monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then talk about movies, Hachi Machi. The really? second it's canceled, uh, they didn't stop. They oh kept God. going. They produced a movie I called guess "Strike While the Iron Is Hot." I guess uh, "Strike While the Monster Is Hot." Yeah, <laughs> from the microwave <laughs> on top of the Tostitos. <laughs> Is that how you make that? Yes. Yeah. How do you make it? I don't know. Dad and I could never figure out the recipe. What? Remember that time that Dad was like, if I'd known that's how you made nachos, I'd be making them all the time. Oh, my God. That's right. Yep. We had to be like, don't. <laughs> Shouldn't make nachos all the time. I don't know. That'd be kind of an improvement on some of the things he ate. That's, that's definitely true. <laughs> uh, so they made a movie called Munster Go Home. Theatrically released. This was in theaters. Weird. In color for the first time. The Munsters go to England to claim Munster Hall after the death of an old relative. There's something about the Munsters that just doesn't hit for me. No. Like that sounds, even that just sounds boring. Yes. I'm going to tell you something that I found very surprising about the Munsters. Uh-huh. So uh, 
with the Adams family, you look at them and they're just a family of eccentrics. Yeah. And they have supernatural things that are happening around yeah. them, but they're not uh, given such a spotlight that you're like, oh, there's magic right. happening. Right. Uh, you've just got a guy in a pinstripe suit with a little mustache and his Loves wife. Loves his wife. Yeah, who are overly romantic and they've got their goth moody kids. Mm -hmm. With the monsters, you look at them and immediately it's exclusively paranormal. Yeah. You look at Herman Munster and that guy. He's Frankenstein. He's Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monster. monster. He's got the bolts in his neck. He's got the seams on all his limbs. Yeah. They flat out say that he was assembled from human body parts. Mm -hmm. Grandpa Munster is hundreds of years old. <laughs> I think that's funny. You know, yeah. um, they are monsters. But here's there was a thing where they, somebody would be in the basement, right? And then there would be like steam coming out of there, like they're doing weird experiments. Yes, the these stairs yeah, yeah, of yeah. the uh, house would open up. That was where Grandpa Munster's lab was. Okay, because his uh, his vampire character was also a mad scientist, mm -hmm. which is actually a good transition, I think, to what this all was not just aping, <laughs> yeah, but was literally. I thought the Munsters, up until today, mm -hmm. was a ripoff okay. of the Universal Monsters. Yeah. Uh, that Herman Munster was supposed to look like Frankenstein, but they couldn't say Frankenstein. Right. Grandpa was supposed to look like Dracula, but they couldn't say Dracula. Is this not true? This is not true. How could that be? This is not true. They are Frankenstein's monster and Count Dracula. What? Yes. The Munsters was produced... By Universal. Really? Universal is, of course, the production house that made the original monster movies with Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney. They're literally those characters. That's so weird. Yes. Universal what? is the only company that's allowed that to makes... present those characters in that likeness. When if you another say that, company that makes, sense. makes a Frankenstein movie, because anybody can make a Frankenstein movie, I think that yeah. is copyright free. Uh huh. But Universal owns the version with the flat top right, the and the bolts. Right, the way that bolts. it looks. Yeah. You can't do that unless you're Universal. That is Frankenstein's monster, Herman Munster. I don't like that. Do they explain in any way, like in beginning episodes, why he can talk and things like that, or they just go right into it? I think they just go right into it. There is an origin story that comes later, uh -huh. like the 80s. Because they kept making these things. Yeah. Even without the original cast. Boy, I found some disgusting pictures of other people who played Herman Munster. Ugh. You picture... And so, and isn't Lily... Well, I guess she's Dracula's daughter. Lily Munster. So she's Munster. like kind of like Dracula. Because I was going to say, she's kind of like Lady Dracula. Yes. And she has the white streak in her hair. Right. Weird. Yeah. Very weird. I feel like um, Grandpa Munster is kind of besmirching the sexy name of Dracula. Oh, without a doubt. You want to right? Get, like he was like a very serious monster. Get ready for it to be even worse. There's a TV movie uh -huh. where Grandpa Munster is played by Jack Klompus from Seinfeld. What? Yeah, and he's going like, "Are you telling me that you don't know how to make the pot? I'll tell you how to make the pot." <laughs> Taking a breath between every word. Yes. Yeah. You do a way better oh, Jack Klompus than I do. My God. Thank you. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. William, I'm I watched trailers for all these movies. It made me, I was so tired by I the end. I have to say, I feel like you had a tough research period for this one. I've had a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, no, these are literally the, the characters. And yeah. even uh, Butch Patrick. This is shocking. Eddie Munster. Yeah. He's, he's got a little the, wolf boy, right? The deep widow's peak. Uh -huh. he's, a, he's a wolf boy. He carries a doll of the universal movie Wolfman called Woof Woof. Weird. Yep. 
Huh. They are those characters. That's so strange. Now, I don't think that it's intended to be canon right, right. with the original movies. Right. But they are those characters because they yeah, get into so it later weird. on and explain that um, uh, they do explain at some point in one of the TV movies that Herman Munster was built by Dr. Vic- Victor Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, so, like, and on the show, of... Grandpa Munster is referred to as Count Dracula occasionally. That's so weird. Because Grandpa Munster is not a monster. Mm-hmm. He is a Dracula. That's his name. <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> I don't know what the what the heck's the matter with me. <laughs> monster Why after do I know this? 37 arrested. This happened in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I know this? All right. First of all, I'm just going to read it verbatim because there's a shock here right off the top. Please do. Patrick Allen Lilly, who used the stage name of Butch Patrick and played the role of the young werewolf-like adolescent character Eddie Munster on the 1966 on the Munsters, was arrested about 3 a.m. Friday and charged with the robbery of $130 from the driver of a limousine in which Lilly was a passenger. Oh, my God. Lilly was in the Chicago area over the Halloween week doing personal appearances. And then robbed a limo driver. Oh. Why do I know that? He became a real life monster. Let's see. It says that uh, Lily contends that, that the driver was less than cordial and he kept getting them lost, said Nicholas Kirkulis, assistant public defender. Nicholas Kirkulis? Nicholas Kirkulis. <laughs> Maybe that's not how you pronounce it. Do you think, though? <laughs> Let me see. Where is it? Unless it's Kirkheels. Nicholas Kirkulis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what well, my God. Okay, so he said, so Nicholas Kirkulis said, Lily contends that the driver was less than cordial and he kept getting them lost. A fight began and Munster, er, Mr. Lily, apparently took the wallet, claiming that the driver shouldn't have been paid in the first place. Huh. So I wonder if that, if that lawyer said that intentionally to try to put like him in good graces. Like, remember, this is Mr. Munster. Right. We like this guy. Right. Wow, what a story. Yeah. Well, all right, continue. Well, yeah. <laughs> well remembered. Thank you. I guess little Kristen in 1990, when you were seven? I don't know. Butch Patrick. I feel, I feel like I took in that information at a later date and just retained it. How could he? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Uh, there was an animated show called The Mini Monsters. Okay. Looked like crap. <laughs> It looked like a schoolhouse rock style animation. Oh, okay. I don't care for that. No, it was horrible. Uh, Grandpa Munster creates a car that runs on music. Okay. Eddie Munster joins a band. <laughs> I don't like any of this. And they drive the car by playing cool rock and roll, Ugh. thwarting a plot by a group of robbers. I'm going to guess that this isn't cool. Mm. Hey, wait a second. Is there any joke or, or comparison to be made between that little car thing and real life Butch Patrick's problem with the limousine? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one hundred percent. He thought it was his car. Bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Then there was the Munsters' revenge. Okay. The Munsters go to a wax museum, which features replicas of themselves. Yeah, because of the Universal monsters, I guess. Right. No, I think it's just I don't know. But I I wonder if that's like what's like kind of a play on because I'm not sure. At wax museums, they would maybe have the monsters, and then the monsters go and see them. They're like, "It's us." Maybe, but that's so meta. I feel like it was supposed to be like somebody was like, "Can you believe I made a replica of you, Herman?" You know? Yeah, I guess so. Or like a house of wax thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The wax dummies turn out to be robots. They oh my god come to life, commit a series of crimes. So Herman and Grandpa have to clear their names. And oh my god, that's amazing. (laughs) And then I just wrote, "Oh my god." 
<laughs> there was a show called The Munsters Today. What the hell is wrong with The Munsters? This aired in the late 80s. This aired from 1988 to 1991. Wow. 72 episodes. Oh my God. Even longer than the original run. That's, new cast. At least they had an extra year. Yeah. All new cast. Uh, it's explained that due to a mistake in Grandpa Munster's lab, the Munsters fell asleep for 22 years. <laughs> That's wise. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. Then that was canceled, and a few years later, they made a movie called Here Come the Munsters. It's an origin story oh, good. about when they came to America from Transylvania. Part of the story is about a man, <laughs> who, a guy named Jekyll who turns into Hyde okay. and starts a political career based on keeping immigrants out. And this is about the Munsters. Oh, my God. Because they're immigrants from right. Transylvania. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The parallels boggle the mind. One year later, they made the Munsters' Scary Little Christmas. My God, the Munsters must have been a very lucrative property. They they keep going back to the well. There's barely a gap of a decade in here. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. from 1966 to today, by the way. And it's crazy how unaware I was of, of this. <laughs> is I'm, it? Yeah. Is it absurd how little we paid attention to the monsters our whole lives cr- i can't believe there's so much stuff so in this movie grandpa monster accidentally captures santa claus oh my god <laughs> despite airing one year after the previous movie it features an entirely new cast oh my <laughs> okay herman loses his job and models nude for an art class <laughs> this is the one where jack clomp is plays grandpa oh god of all the times for him to step in you can find a clip of it too everyone yeah. look up the Munsters' scary little christmas man it's <laughs> <laughs> horrible all right all right 10 years later the wayans brothers tried to make one okay a movie uh-huh how'd that go did they i mean did they do it when you say try did it, not go to it didn't work <laughs> they didn't get to do it but and then this is the this is probably the weirdest one okay to be honest after Decades upon decades of this, you know, silly family, which actually let me throw you some facts about the fun family before I tell you about this one. Okay. Because there are some fun details about this cast of characters. Um, remember when we talked about the Adams family and we found out that Morticia Adams uh, uh, was a smoker? And what that meant if she was going to be smoking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it her like body would just emanate smoke. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Lily Munster uh, is a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. So when she dusts the house, she puts the vacuum cleaner on reverse and blows dust all over everything. Okay. <laughs> it's like the same thing. It's like the same. I was stunned to read that. It's like the same joke. Kind of, except like, I don't know, smoke is inherently sort of like, there's at least a little bit of Mystical coolness, and- mystery to smoke in your body. Smoking, not just blowing disgusting dust all over your chairs and stuff. Yeah, you're right. Man. But she does that, and it's the same joke. Off-brand in every way. Herman works for a funeral home called Gateman, Goodberry, and Graves. Wow, that's a really good name. Where he's uh, really strong and stuff, so he has no problem moving the caskets, and for some reason... That rings a bell, him being really strong. No one seems to notice that he's a goddamn monster. <laughs> but sometimes people well, do. you know. Sometimes people do notice that he's a monster, and they can't ignore it. Yeah, yeah. And he scares people away the second, the second they see him, uh, including inanimate objects... At one point, they go to a museum and a stuffed gorilla sees them and runs away. Oh, my God. Which is such a good 60s sitcom <laughs> yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. You can just hear the laugh track. Yeah, totally. As that happens, and he's standing there like... Yeah, yeah. Shocked. Can't get his head straight about it. Oh, God. Uh, Lily Munster 
wears a long silver cape when she goes out. Okay. Uh, with a hood. But this cape is actually made from a casket liner. Oh, okay. I mean, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. I, that's the only cool detail yeah. I've got so far. I like that. They should say that like every episode. They should. They should. She's wearing so that you know. the silk yeah. from inside a casket. Yeah. That's very interesting. That's I cool. like that. Uh, Grandpa Munster is hundreds of years old, and the Dragula, mm-hmm. his car, mm-hmm. which most people know as a song from Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. Yeah. I think. Whatever. On the Dragula car, it's, it has his headstone on it. Okay. So it says, you know, Count Dracula or whatever. <laughs> and then it says, born 1367, died, question mark. Nice. I like that. That's great. I love a novelty grave, like uh, Rick R. Mortis, that kind mm. of thing. So <laughs> then that must be very enjoyable for you. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> he talks constantly about knowing people like Nero, King Arthur, and Jack the Ripper. That's really funny. Uh, he says he's been married 167 times, and although all his wives are dead, he still keeps in touch with them. That's also funny. But this then tipped me off. This mm-hmm. is a ripoff of Mel Brooks' The 2,000-Year-Old Man. <laughs> Wait, what part? Just that he's so oh, old that oh, he knows the, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. every single figure, and he's been married a zillion times. This yeah, would also like, be approximately the same era. I mean, I think you're probably right, but it also, it's not... It doesn't feel so blatant to me because Dracula is immortal. So, like, he would be really old. That's, like, inherent to the character. So that's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, how about Marilyn Munster? Uh-huh. Now, this is the black sheep of the family. Right. Uh, Marilyn Munster looks like Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. uh, which means that she's, you know, a blonde bombshell. Right. Which makes her, you know, a piece of crap yeah, to, to them, everybody. Yeah, she's like a total weirdo. Yeah. They think that she's ugly. Yeah. And they're constantly trying to find her a guy. Uh-huh. Because she's... Garbage. Right. To a monster. Right. And, um, but despite looking so different from them, she's all about that witchy stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's like making rat soup with them and stuff. Yeah. Too. That's cool. Uh, original actress Beverly Owen only took the gig because she didn't think the show would get picked up. <laughs> when it did get picked up, she had to move out of New York City and oh she was not God. happy about it. So she could often be seen on the set of the monsters. Looking severely depressed and crying. Oh, God. Eventually, Fred Gwynn started to try to convince the producers to let her out of her contract. Oh, man. Did they? They did. Episode oh, 14, she was replaced by an actress named Pat Priest. Uh-huh. Oh, man. So she made 13 shows. That's crazy. Cried every day on the set. I've totally heard stories about that where somebody like shot a pilot because they're like, well, yeah, it's a job. It's not, it's not going to get like picked up right. or whatever, and then it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. All right, so that's all like this sort of like wacky 60s-ness of these characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there was a reboot that happened seven years ago called Mockingbird Lane. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, I mean, all I just name recognition. I remember that. It was on a network, right? Yeah, I think it was on ABC. I don't think it lasted long, did it? No. Yeah. So it was made in the hopes of... uh, creating a a new series they wanted it to go to series was somebody cool involved in it brian fuller yes okay right of hannibal yeah and like pushing daisies timely mm -hmm. yeah and um he was like essentially on like a hot streak right and so he got jerry o'connell uh-huh eddie izzard and portia de rossi they were uh uh Grandpa Herman and Lily Munsters, so yeah, like the the primary trio, yeah. Which those are significant names to get for a yeah. TV show. 
but it was clear that it, something wasn't clicking. Uh-huh. So they cut the pilot together as a one hour long uh, TV movie. Oh. And just put it on the air. Oh. In October of 2012. Um, wow. And the producers all said like, yeah, no, we had an amazing cast. The script was great. Uh, we just didn't do it right. Huh. We just didn't get it right. Weird. So they had to let it go. They had to just. Weird. Yeah. I, uh, I clicked through this show last night. You yeah. can find it online. And I watched a good bit of it. Uh-huh. Um, I found a few cool things. Lily Munster, as, uh, Portia de Rossi, is introduced. Um, she gets out of a casket at night. Mm-hmm. And she's completely nude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she commands an army of spiders okay. to climb onto a trellis above her and drop down onto her. Mm-hmm. And then all these hundreds or thousands of spiders crawl all over her body weaving silk oh. until they build her clothes That's on her. That's sweet. It was very cool. Yeah. It was a great idea. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um Jerry O'Connell's Herman Munster uh-huh. looks like Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> And not at all like a like Herman Munster. Yeah. And I don't know that that's a problem for me. I don't know that I needed to have the bolts in the neck. There's a nod to the bolts in the neck thing. When he's first introduced, you see him only in silhouette. Yeah. And you see these bolt-like things. And then he steps forward, and that was a thing behind him. Yeah, yeah. That gave the impression of having bolts in the neck. And I was just like, oh, I kind of – like I clicked ahead, and later on he's talking to parents at like a PTA meeting, and nobody treats him like he's a – and does he look just like a normal guy, you're saying? Basically, yeah. You can see a line on his neck. Does um does Grandpa Munster look normal? Grandpa Munster looks very threatening. <laughs> I mean, that sounds right. I could see Eddie as being like a scary Grandpa Munster. So, like, it's – because Lily Munster doesn't really look that weird. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like you would need – I think that Frankenstein or, or you know, Mr. Munster needs to look weird and frankenstein Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's so strange. It's, like, very – incongruous yes they do have things where like at home mm-hmm. uh, i guess there's something going on with his heart his heart constantly needs to be replaced yeah, so, like, so what's frankenstein oh well grandpa monster has installed just a zipper mm-hmm. over his heart so that he can unzip his chest uh peel open yeah his sternum and take out his heart and put a new one in and so for that like obviously that's monstrous and his entire body's covered in scars mm-hmm. but then you know jerry o'connell puts on a nice polo shirt yeah it just seems like a normal guy then. yeah like a bluebird egg polo shirt Weird. And, like, goes out like nothing. Yeah. You see the line on his neck, but that's, like, not enough to, like... No, like, distinguish him from other people as, like, a weird being. He doesn't look enough like a monster. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of disappointing. But the entire thing was sort of paced like it was supposed to be a sort of, um, honestly, Sabrina. Huh, Sabrina on Netflix. Yeah. There was a cold open of, uh, of kids in the Boy Scouts... And then somebody gets eaten by what they think is a baby bear, but we know is Eddie Munster as a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, and then it kicks off this mystery, and they have to move to a new town, and they find a scary old house. And it hmm. honestly, it feels like probably it would have done better as a Netflix show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and especially in this day good? and age, with no. Yeah. But you know, neither. Well, <laughs> like there are other shows that are not good that do well yes. because they are like a niche totally. sort of market. Uh, and I. I think it probably would have done better, especially like now we've got the Santa Clarita diet, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Ugh, Sabrina, which people love. Yep. Like it probably would have done better. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely like there was something 
like the entire presentation of it was very weird. It wasn't hmm. fun. Sometimes things just don't, you know, all the ingredients can just, be there, but yeah. something just like is off for some reason. Exactly. It just didn't click. Yeah. It just didn't really pop. It didn't seem like anybody was having a good time. Yeah. Which I think you kind of need in that. Like you need yeah, people to be able campy. to like, yeah, mm-hmm. twirl your mustache and right. kind of relish what you're getting to do here. Totally. Portia de Rossi, I feel like kind of nailed it in like delighting in like having her new like yeah. form made spider silk dress or i whatever. feel like eddie izzard was probably good right yeah he was uh, eddie izzard is always good but he's he, great he but also like was, he's campy so you know i feel like he would like be good at kind of leaning into that part of it he seemed too scary to me though huh okay he was like the other direction where he was just like very threatening and okay. frightening looking yeah um but yeah so. maybe they were going through for that i guess it was like maybe grandpa Munster was supposed to be like a if not a bad guy, like a, a threatening presence. Yeah, maybe. Instead of like goofy Grandpa Monster. Maybe. That's true. That's true. Know. But um, uh, regardless, it did not take off. Mm-hmm. That was 2012. It's been seven long years. Yeah, for the Monsters, that's a long time to it be is. silent. It is. So what's up? I don't know. I sense Uh-oh, something what? on the horizon. <laughs> is this your way of telling us that you're writing a Monsters revival? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to now announce my candidacy <laughs> to play uh, Butch Patrick. Yeah, I could be like a grown-up balding Eddie Munster, right? Sure. Why not? Yeah. You know, like they did the new vacation movies and they just had yeah. Rusty. Right. Now he has a family and Clark Griswold's the grandpa. Yeah. Maybe Herman Munster sits in the back seat and you get a big Maybe it's your time. chubby Eddie Munster yeah. <laughs> sitting in the front, <laughs> roly-poly, getting ready for the winter. <laughs> Eddie Munster. So um, wait, what's coming? Seth Meyers is producing a reboot oh, okay. of the Munsters set on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, they would be a family living in Brooklyn. Okay. Trying to fit in. All right. Be monsters. Is there? Have they said who else is who or like who's in it or anything like that? No. Okay. There's nothing else known. All right. But somebody said that two years ago. I was about to say, when is that from? It's from 2017. Okay. All right. So I didn't I'm, take off. Yeah, I'm not. Well, we don't know. It takes I time. Probably not. It takes time I to think, get these things going. I don't know. I feel like usually when something's announced or whatever, like to the point where you would see it, there'd be some movement on it in two years. Probably. So yeah. I doubt Who, it. Who's your dream Herman? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone does this. Everyone does like the fantasy football kind of thing, you know? I feel like I would have to care more about the people to be putting together a fantasy team. I'm trying to think who has a big blockhead. Well, here's, here's a better question. Yeah. I would be, I think, a John solid. Hamm. John Ham's got a good blockhead. John Ham is not for Herman. John Ham is a very good pick. Yeah. For Herman Munster. Thank you. I didn't actually expect an answer out of mm-hmm. you because it wasn't a real question. Yeah. But that's a good answer. Yeah. Right. John Ham would be John a Hamm very good. John Ham could play the Herman hell out of Herman Munster. And he's handsome, yep. but you you gotta you gotta ugly him up. You gotta mm-hmm. put that green. He could do it. And he has a sense of humor. He'll poke fun at himself. Frankenstein's monster stuff on his face. Mm-hmm. Go campy. He he can go he can go to the PTA looking completely yeah. monstrous, and people will just talk to him about his Rice Krispie treats. Right. You know, like they don't really acknowledge that he's a giant creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. Thank you. That's pretty good. I think it could work. I think that he's he's very handsome and everything. Yeah. But he also could have a different edge. I've said about John Hamm in the past. I think he looks like a hot Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. So he can he can play in in different formats and mediums. Right. Plus, on Thirty Rock, he got his hands chopped off. That's right. So we know he can do dismemberment that's, work. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think he's ready for prime time. I think so. <laughs> well, here's my next question. Yeah. I think that I would make a decent Eddie Munster. Yes. Uh. 
if you're in the world of the Munsters, mm-hmm. uh, Herman is Frankenstein, Grandpa is Dracula. Right. What does Chrissy become? Oh, man, I don't know. Because even forget Eddie. I just think if I were in the world of the Munsters, I'd be a werewolf. You'd be a werewolf. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, uh, of all the universal, universal Monsters, who would I become? I am very sexual. <laughs> oh, God. <so. laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, I guess I could be a lecherous Dracula. No, it doesn't feel right. It, it's fun to say that to you and make you make that face, yeah. but it doesn't feel right. I don't know. It, does, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Crap. What what universal monster would I be? Fishman. None of it feels right. <laughs> the gill man. I'm trying them on in my head. They're not fitting. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Huh. Right? I don't think I fit into a – but it's also not a great like, you know, are you a Carrie or Samantha thing, the right. universal monsters. No, I guess. They don't have a lot of – What monster would you want to be? Because they're also sort of abilities. You oh, know? man. I really don't know. Really? I have no idea. I don't know. Huh. I'll you could, you could, I'll tell you what. You could be the Maryland monster just kind of hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. But secretly you're like, you know, cooking spider yeah. stew. True. True. But I think I'm a little weird. <laughs> I don't think it's hiding in plain sight enough. Yeah. I don't think you'd be shocked. Like Marilyn Munster, you might be shocked to see that she goes home and do- and does that. I don't, I don't think you'd be shocked to hear that I go home and do stuff like that. I got it. What? You could be Igor. Oh, yeah. That feels right. <laughs> yeah. Time. Yeah, that does feel right. <laughs> Creeping yeah. around yeah. hunched over. <laughs> yeah. Handing people the plans and Abby stuff. Abby Normal. Yep. Yeah. What was that guy's name? What was it? Oh, uh, what the hell is it? It's something. Marty Feldman? <laughs> Marty Feldman. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I've always said it. Christy's the new Marty Feldman of the 2010s. Surprisingly, of of all the monster things, that feels the most right. (laughs) Marty Feldman. Yeah, Marty Feldman. There I go. (laughs) There you go. There I go. Watch her go. Yeah. Uh, Well, there you have it, everybody. There it is. That is the story of the monsters. There's nowhere else to take this sucker. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hell of a thing. Very yeah. weird story. Honestly, it did make me want Very to. Interesting, I've honestly. been dragging my heels on watching the original monster movies. Uh-huh. And as stupid as it is to say, watching a little bit of Herman Munster mugging and stuff. No, I get that. It could, put me in the you, mode for it. There was a little taste of it. I know. I haven't watched those since we were like kids. Same. Honestly. Yep. So I, I would like to watch those too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a series. Okay. Okay. Uh, count me way in. All right. Because uh, then we can even talk about the monsters on yeah, the show. Yeah, totally. You know? Mm-hmm. Um. Even like there were a couple of cool things that I I thought were interesting. Yeah, they they were originally planning to film the original Monsters show in color, mm-hmm. but for two reasons they decided oh, to switch it to I black and white. This. Yeah, one was it was cheaper, mm-hmm. so it's just like a pure business decision. But the other is that by making it black and white, it would more closely match the tone of the original Monster movies. Right, and I creatively I like that. Mm-hmm, I do too. It feels right. Yeah. There's something lost when you see Herman Munster in color. Yeah. I could see that. It I don't. I haven't weird. experienced that, but I could see that. Is anyone gutsy enough to make a black and white TV show today? I don't. I don't know. I mean, if it made sense to do, like that makes sense for the monsters or whatever. Yeah. I bet there would be some weird things get put on TV, and in a good way. I mean, like sure. there are surprising things that go on TV that are, you'd think like wouldn't work. You're like, no, like audiences aren't right. going to like that, but they get on there. Even that would be minorly revolutionary to do something yeah. that was not in HD and not in full color. Today, That's a good point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, well, that's neither here nor there. No. I believe we know exactly <laughs> where we are at the end of another episode of Guide to the Unknown. That's right. Uh, 
Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Please go follow at GTTU pod uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that you get your daily fix of us and spooky news from around the world. That's right. Um, you can keep up with one. You're going to be able to see us live on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch this and every other previous episode on youtube.com slash talk bomb. Go to patreon.com slash GTTU pod. If you'd like to donate back to us, please consider leaving us a review on Apple podcasts. Mm-hmm. We are in the triple digits. Last yeah. time I checked, we had 111 reviews. Excellent. Excellent. Which is wild. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to do that. That's really, really nice of you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, starting the new year off right. Yeah. You might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, you can, of course, find us individually online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted Sponge. Mm-hmm. So we will see you next week for another creepy corner conversation. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go away. Bye. Bye.